0: Wonderful. Wonderful. Let us worship the holy name of our great God and King. Oh my. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Well, that sure ties in with the fellow that 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 was healed at the great call beautiful, doesn't it? He was leaping and praising God. (laughs) Oh, my, after the Lord healed him. Turn, if you would, to Acts chapter 3. The name of the message is The Holy and Just One. The Holy and Just One. That's the title. Two of the titles of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's called The Holy and Just One. And let us consider that last week we looked at the healing of the lame man, the man who was lame from his mother's womb. And he was healed by the power of God. Peter and John were just instruments in the hands of the Almighty. Remember Peter said, Silver and gold have I not, but such as I have thee, I give thee in the name of Jesus Christ and was, rise up and walk. What did that fellow man, he rose up and walked, and he didn't just walk, he was leaping and praising God, wasn't he? Oh my, he's so excited. He was so excited. My. And then that miracle, think of this too, how, how God purposed and planned all this. That miracle was performed on that man who was lame from his mother's womb. And now the door is going to be open for Peter to preach and proclaim Christ. Isn't that amazing? Because all them people walking into the temple are now there. And and they said, This is the man, is this not the man we saw at the gate? And we're gonna see Peter, he's just gonna preach Christ to them. Oh my, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Look at verses uh verses six to ten. The Jews were watching. They're watching this man. He's leaping, he's he's walking, he's praising God, and he's clinging to the Lord's apostles. And and they're filled with wonder and amazement. Look at verses. 6 to 10, then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand. And look at, remember this man was lame from, from his mom's womb. He had no strength ever in his legs. And there's no physical therapy needed, is there? There's nothing needed like that. My, oh my, we need physical therapy after something happens to us. Ben came up to me after service last, last year and said something, or last, last year, last week, and said something that happened to his foot one time. And he, he, it was just like jello when he got up. And yeah, that's what happens when you're in a cast or something like that. You're, you, you need physical therapy, get that strength. Well, not with the Lord's healing. Look at this. Look at this. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankles, bones received strength. And he, and he leaping up, stood. He, he went up. My my dog can jump like from from the ground right up. He went poof straight up this fella, He went straight up my And he's 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 leaping And walked and entered with them into the temple walking and leaping and praising god My You ever see somebody leap we were at disneyland one time and this little fella he is so excited to get on this ride. He was doing this, this dance to get on this ride, and he was coming off the ground. He's so excited. Man, this guy, he's walking, and he's leaping as he's walking, going straight up. He's jumping up and down. Could you imagine? You never walked before in your life. My, oh, my. <coughs> and look at this. And all the people saw him <laughs> walking, <laughs> excuse me, and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened to them. Were, what happened to this fellow? They're just, they just filled with wonder. Now Peter, Peter knew the attention of these unbelieving Jews was on the healed man and upon him and John. So under the moving of the Holy Spirit of God and, and Peter being the Lord's faithful minister, he sees the opportunity to immediately take the attention off the healed man and off himself and John and put it on Christ. That's why we preachers say, don't look at us. Listen, listen about the one we're, we're preaching. Right? Look to Christ. I'm a man stand before you saved by the grace and mercy of God. And I'm just All I want to do is trumpet Christ to you. I want to just tell you about about Christ and how wonderful he is and what he's done and where he is now. My, he saved his people from their sins. And so he, he turns the attention away from him and John and again drew their attention to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's read verses 11 to 16. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, man, he wouldn't let them go of them. He's so thankful. He's just holding on to them. All the people ran together unto them, look at that in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? <coughs> or why <coughs> excuse me, or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? He's saying, don't look at me. Don't look at me. I didn't do this. This isn't done by my power. Look at that. Now watch, watch who he turns them to. The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the per." presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One. Here's, our t- here's our, the name of the message. You denied the Holy One and the just. That's who Christ is. He's the Holy One and the just one. And desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Life. That means giver, the giver of life. Whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. (coughs) Excuse me. in verse 12, again, Peter's quick to tell the folks. A bunch of people come to listen to him and see this lame man. And he's quick to turn their attention, beloved. Because he knew that it wasn't, it wasn't by, by the power of John and, and, and himself that, that made this lame man to walk. He, he knew it wasn't by their own power, or their own holiness. He knew it was by God. So what's he doing? He testifies about the great things God had done for him. Remember what I've always said, witnessing is just telling people the great things God had done for him. People complicate witnessing so much. It's just telling people the great things God. He saved my soul. God did this. Peter and John say, this is not done by us. This is by God. God did this. He did this in the name of Jesus Christ by his power. Remember, who has all power now? Christ, right? He has all power and all authority now. All of it. So this happened because of him. And again, look at how he draws away the attention from themselves. Look at verse 12 again. When Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, mar- why marvel ye at this? Or why ye look so earnestly on us? They were looking on him. They were like, they were enamored with Peter and John. They're just men. They're just sinners saved by grace. And look at look at how he handles it. I love this. He just turns the attention from himself and from the healed man and puts it right on Christ. Why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us? Though by our own power or holiness we, we had made this man to walk? Now this would have aroused the hearer's curiosity to, well, who healed him then? Who healed him? Which was exactly what Peter wanted them to do. See, he's drawing the attention away from himself and from the man. And now he's going to turn their attention to the Lord Jesus Christ. Look in verse 13. Again, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son, whom he delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. So note, right at the start of Peter's message, he told these unbelieving Jews that the very God they professed to believe, the very God that Abraham and Isaac and Jacob loved and worshiped is the same God who glorified his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, by sending him down here to die for his people. And this is the very, this is the very one, the very one, when Pilate was determined to let him go, they said, No, crucify him, crucify him. Also note, Sister Marsh, you and I were talking about this. Note how Peter, this is the beginning of his sermon. What's he do? He makes a beeline to Christ right away. Because Christ is the most important thing. This whole book is about Christ. This is a hymn book, beloved. We we only have Christ to preach. He's the only Savior of sinners. I could tell you... I, I could stand up and waste your time and you wouldn't want to hear it you'd walk out the door and say well you got to do this and you got to do that, and I we'll never do that willing, I'll never do that Lord will and I'll never do that because I came out of that junk people telling you what you got to do no look to Christ and look at what he's done oh he died on the cross for sinners that's what I am Are you a sinner? You're either one or two sinners. You're either a saved sinner or a lost sinner. There's no other ones. There's no in between. Praise God I'm a saved sinner. It had nothing to do with what I did and all about what Christ has done. (laughs) And so Peter, he he makes a beeline to Christ, beloved. Which is what every preacher is to do. And God's preachers boldly declare that Jesus Christ, the very same Jesus, suffered, bled, and died for the sins of his people. And now he's risen from the dead, beloved. He's risen from the dead. Where is he? Where is he right now, beloved? Where is he? Amen. He's at the right hand of the Father, isn't he? Seated at the right hand of the Father, beloved. Oh my, and you know what he's doing? He's mediating for us. He's the mediator. He's the only mediator between God and man. So, as our dear sister Lynn said, bless the Lord, oh my soul! I have a mediator. I have a Savior. I have a Redeemer. And his name is Jesus Christ our Lord. And, and I love that. We have more reasons to worship him, don't we? <laughs> And to sing his praises. Oh my. He's so good to us beloved. He's so good to us. Oh. And he's. He's ruling right now. With absolute power. He's the God man. Mediator in glory. Ruling and reigning with absolute power. My oh my. So God's preachers. We're to direct the attention away from ourselves. Because we're just instruments in the hands of the Lord. And set Christ before you and say, look to him. This is the one. This is the holy one. This is the just one. And his name is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God incarnate in the flesh, who's so full of grace, who's so full of mercy that he left the splendors of heaven and came down to the sin-cursed world and lived a perfect life. Do you know he was in perfect obedience to God every second he was on this earth? He never had a sin thought in word or deed. Never. He was absolutely perfectly holy. And he and he's 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 living that life for you and I as believers. He living a life we never could live. That's what he's doing. He came here, he lived the perfect life, he came here to die, right, to save us from our sins. But his life, his life. He's a substitute, and in his death, he's a substitute. So his life and death are so intertwined that way. He's, he's fulfilling the law of God for us, beloved. Every step he takes, he's doing that for us. That's incredible. No wonder it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. He's so good, isn't he? He's so good. He, to, and he did it willingly. He did it willingly. He willingly came to die. My, oh my. And here Peter, he tells the unbelieving Jews, they profess to believe in his father. Look at verse 13 though. It says <clears throat> about Christ, the one, who, the one who the father sent, whom he delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. Now during this time, the Israelites were under Roman rule. And Rome, what they would do is the various countries they take over, they would establish a governor in those, those countries. And they would execute Roman, Roman rule over that country. And it was against Roman law for them to put anyone to death before the convicted person was examined by the Roman governor. They couldn't just go and kill someone. They had to actually take him to the Roman governor for examination and then the Roman governor would decide whether, whether he was uh, guilty or not. And these Jews, they delivered Christ to, to the governor. His name was Pontius Pilate. And they demanded that Jesus be put to death. Even though Pilate was determined to let him go, he said, I don't find any fault in him. And and he didn't even know those words he spoke. Think of that. He said, I don't find any fault in him. He, He didn't even know what he was really saying. You couldn't find fault in Christ. It was impossible. He's the perfect, sinless, spotless lamb of God. Pilate didn't know that, though. And after examining him, Pilate said, "I bring him forth to you that ye may know that I find no fault in him." Oh my. Our Lord Jesus Christ, He's the Holy One of God. You can't find any fault in the Holy One of God. You can't find any fault in the just one of God. He's perfect. He's sinless. But on that day, see the Jews, they did something and said something to Pilate that made Pilate very afraid. That convinced Pilate, okay, go ahead and crucify him. They shouted out with vehement hatred, crucify him, crucify him. Then Pilate said, shall I crucify your king? And they said, we have no king but Caesar. And Pilate knew if the news of the uproar got back to Caesar and Caesar found out that he had been defended by someone who had been, declared himself to be king, that Pilate would be in danger of not only losing his position, but probably losing his life. Pilate's a true politician, isn't he? Don't want to lose that power. Don't want to lose that power. Oh, so he said, take him away. Pilate wasn't about to, to let it get back to Caesar, that he had defended someone who declared himself to be king. And think upon this as well, that the Jews who bought Christ to Pilate, Pilate himself and the Roman soldiers, And us, we who are the redeemed of the Lord, we're all guilty. Guilty of murdering God's darling son. It was my sin that Christ went to pay for. Even though I wasn't born, it still was my sin he paid for. Did he pay for your sin? Yeah. That's why he went to Calvary, wasn't it? Oh my, there's a song called How Deep the Father's Love. Ah, I just weep when I hear it. And one of it is, uh, it was my sins that held him there. Till it was accomplished. Hmm. It is finished. Finished, the payment for our sins. And let us never forget that everything that happened to Jesus Christ our Lord was purposed by God before time even began. (coughs) In one of our previous studies, we looked at Acts 2.24. Let's turn there. Acts 2.24, just a chapter over. Actually, 2.23 says about Christ. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have, ye have taken him by wicked hands, have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always up before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. But look at that. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, yet it was my sins that held him there. My, oh, my. When these unbelieving Jews delivered Jesus Christ to Pontius Pilate, they did exactly what God had determined, beloved, before before they even did it. When Pilate pronounced the death sentence upon Jesus of Nazareth, they did exactly what God had determined beforehand, that he would do it. When those Roman soldiers nailed our, our Lord and God's darling son to the cross, they were doing exactly what God had determined beforehand that they would do. One might ask, well, please explain that to me. Why would God find fault with them for who resisted his will? And some people say, I don't understand that. Well... If the word of God declares it, it's true. Whether we understand it or not. Right? A lot of things in this book I don't understand, but I believe them. And I bow to them. Because God's word is true. The Apostle Paul wrote this to the church at Rome. He said this. He said, Thou wilt say then unto me, Why doth he yet find fault? for who hath resisted his will? Nay, but O man, who art thou that replyest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, why hast thou made me thus? And think about this, if God had not purposed and planned that Christ would come into this world and save us, then no one would have been saved. When Adam fell, fell, we all fell in him, But God in his sovereign mercy had a people amongst those all who fell in Adam that he would save. Do you know before there was ever a sinner there was a savior? Yeah? He's the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Before there was ever a sinner there was a savior. Isn't that wonderful? And all this happened for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, he can make a vessel of honor, and he can make a vessel of dishonor. Right? And he can do, shall the clay say the, to him that formed? Why did you make me this way? Nope, we got no right, we got no power. My, but I tell you what, every born again, blood washed believer who's washed in the precious blood of God says, we say. Praise God that I'm included in that number. Oh my, Sister Jill s- sings that song, and so Sister Kathy, you sang it too, I think. He included me. I love that song. Praise God, He included me. Man. You thankful, Brother Zane, that He included you? Amen, eh? Hey? He included us. Isn't it wonderful? I'll tell you. Saint of God, marvel at that. He included us. My, it's wonderful. I'll tell you why. That'll make a Baptist shout. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Now, Peter was a bold preacher. And he's preaching to the the same Jews who, who were in that angry mob that cried, crucify him, crucify him. We know because of the text and what it's saying. It says, you took him. You took him and slayed him. Pilate wanted to let him go. He was determined to let him go. And he cried, crucify him, crucify him. So they were filled with uncontrollable hatred toward the Lord Jesus Christ. And that comes natural to man. That comes natural to man. Peter knew if these men hated Christ so much that they wanted him, and they wanted him dead, they would be filled with the same hatred towards those who represented Christ, and yet he boldly preaches Christ. Peter is willing to lay down his own life if he has to. Just as every believer feels that way. Lay down our life for the glory of the Lord and for the salvation of his elect. And Peter knew that these men would never see their need of Christ as their Savior until until God the Holy Spirit worked in their hearts. They were nothing but hopeless, helpless, hell-deserving sinners, just like we were before the Lord saved us. We don't deserve mercy, do we? But God's given it to us. Praise Praise be to God. Praise his mighty name. My. I'll put a song in your heart, won't it? Oh, praise God, he included me. So without fear of man and with genuine sincere concern for the salvation of of those who were right there before him, Peter told these unbelieving Jews the truth about themselves. Peter knew that only God can convict and convince, just like every preacher. And these Jews were sinners with nothing, to offer the Lord in exchange for their souls just like anyone else. See, we're all the same. We're all made of the same lump, aren't we? We all come from the same lump of clay. Why do, why do one person think they're better when they're, they come from the same lump of clay? It's just pride. It's just pride. That's all it is. My, oh, my. And he taught them that the Holy Spirit... Conviction comes only to those who are born again. I'll tell you what. Beware of of preachers who deny the depravity of man. Beware of preachers who deny man's totally depraved condition. And beware of any preacher who promotes works-based salvation. Beware of them, please. Beware of them. Beware of them. Man, when we fell in the garden, we fell totally. There was, there was nothing that didn't fall. We fell totally, beloved. Our will fell, our nature fell, everything. And our will is attached to our nature. What, what drives our will? I'm not denying we all have a will. We do. But that will is not free. It's connected to the nature. And if you have a dead nature, all you're going to do is choose sin. But if you're alive and you're born again, you have a new nature, now you've got the war, right? Right? Now we're going to talk like Paul and say, oh, wretched man that I am. Who can deliver me from this body of death? Right? My. And then where do he find his victory? In Christ Jesus our Lord, right? He says, I thank God. In Christ. Oh, my. My, oh, my. That's where our victory is, beloved, is in Christ. Salvation is either all of works Turn, if you would, to Romans chapter 11. Salvation is either all of works or all of grace. There's no in-between, right? And really, there's only two religions in this world. You can sum up all the religious denominations, all the false religions, and there's only two religions, grace or works. There really is. One will tell you something you've got to do, and the other will say it's all done by Christ. And, and it stems all the way back to Cain and Abel. Right? Abel offered the proper sacrifice, the blood sacrifice. And Cain offered the fruit of his hands. The works of his hands. Goes right back. I'll tell you what, look at this. Romans 11 verses 5 and (coughs) 6. Even so then at this present time there's also a remnant according to the election of grace. Praise be to God. Isn't that wonderful? There's always a remnant. God always, in the midst of everything we see going on now, God's got a remnant, beloved. Isn't that wonderful? Look at this. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. So it, look what he says here. He says it's all of grace. But if it's of grace, then it's not of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. So you add any pinprick of man's works, Paul's telling us here it's, it's no longer grace. And he says this, "But if you have works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise work is no more work." So he's telling us so clearly here, the Holy Spirit's setting before us so clearly here, that salvation is by grace alone in Christ alone. Right? Grace ceases to be grace the moment anyone attempts to contribute anything to salvation. It ceases to be grace. Oh, my. Now, God's preachers like Peter, John, and Paul are boldly to tell our hearers that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Right? That all the world is guilty before God. We're quick to tell people that because that's the truth. That's what the scriptures declare, right? I didn't believe that before I saved. I believed that God was going to weigh me in a scale of justice. and. Well, definitely my good would way, my bad. Boy, was I in for a surprise. I found out I had no good at all. Well, and I talked to my daughter sometimes. She said, well, you know, people are good. And I said, well, they can do good things. But I said, everything we do is tainted with sin. We're sinners. We're sinners. That's what we are. So therefore, everything we do, anything we do that's even good, it's got sin in it. You know, now, hold on now. But the good things we do in Christ, we look at this in Sunday school, right? We don't even know when we did them. Remember the Lord said that there was, there was, there was a group of people in front of him and he said, well, he, um, uh, you, you're going to enter into the, the rest. But, but he said, when you did it unto one of my, the least of my brethren, you did it unto me. They visited them. They gave them a cup of water in Christ's name. We do good things. We just don't know we do them. And that's the Holy Spirit working in us too. Because the scripture says in Ephesians, it says that uh, we've been ordained to good works. And those are only done in, in Christ. Isn't that amazing? Right. Be kind to your brother and sister. You don't, you're not thinking... You know, we don't, we don't look for rewards and all that, but we want to be kind to our brothers and sisters. We want it to love We want to be kind to the unsaved people too, don't we? Of course. We're not to be kind in here and then mean-spirited out in the world, never. That would be diametrically opposed to what we believe, isn't it? My, oh my. There's none righteous, though. There's, no, there's, there's none that understand. There's none that seek God. They're, they're all gone out of the way. They've all become unprofitable. There's none that doeth good. No, not one, Romans three ten and 12. And so look what Peter puts here before them in, in Acts chapter 3, verse 13. He tells them, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and, the, and, and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son, Jesus, whom ye delivered up. You delivered them up. You're guilty of that and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. He told them that Christ is the living and true God. That the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, sent Christ. He's the the long-promised Messiah. He's God of God, very God. He's, He's just as much God as the Father and the Holy Spirit. The 301. And yet here he is. In a role of submission. Fully obedient to the Father for our sake. Oh, what love. What love. Essentially, Peter said, this Jesus whom you crucified is God over all. He's God over all. He's blessed forever. He's the God-man, the only Lord and Savior, the one whom you crucified, God has now glorified. He's raised him up. Look at verse 14 again. But ye denied the Holy One and the Just One and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. They denied the Holy One. They hated him without a cause. Peter, Peter Boulder brings forth that Jesus Christ is, the, is perfectly holy, spotless. He's the only begotten Son of God. And marvel at this. While well, he walked on this earth, he never committed one sin. Never. Not in thought, word, or deed. Never. That's hard for us to grasp, isn't it? And then when he went to the cross, the scripture says, he offered himself up without spot. Perfect. See, the sacrifice had to be perfect in order for us to be redeemed, right? The sacrifice had to be perfect in order for it to atone for our sins. And not just our sins, but the sins of all the elect of all the ages. Imagine that. Perfect. Never a, never a thought sin, never a word sin, never sin indeed. No sin in action. No sin in the heart. Perfect. Perfect. Everything he did pleased the father. The father said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm what? Well pleased. And if you're in him, what does that mean? That means he's well pleased with us, Hey, eh, brother? Yeah. Amen, brother. He's well pleased. Now let's let that sink in. If you're a believer, if you're born again, God is well pleased with you in Christ. I'll make us sing, won't I? I'm going to keep referencing Sister Linda's song because that will make us sing. I'll tell you what. That will make you sing. Praise his mighty name. My, oh, my. Every step he took, every thought he had, every word he spoke, every deed he performed from his mother's womb till he died in our ruined and place on that cruel cross, he was without sin. And then again, he offered himself up without spot, without sin. As the sacrifice for our sin. Oh, my. No wonder he's called the Holy One. No wonder he's called the just one. Remember what them demons said? That man from the the gathering demoniac, and they said, we know who thou art, thou holy one of God. And they were trembling. Art thou come to cast us into the deep? That's the abyss. That's the pit. Before the time? They know their time is short and he cast them into the swine instead, didn't he? But they knew he had the power to send them into the pit, didn't he? They know, they're smarter than mortal men, aren't they? When it comes to Christ, they know, they know who he is and they, they tremble, they fear him. My, that's our savior, beloved. That's our redeemer, Let us son of the mighty power of God. My, that's the one who says, that's the one who says, I'll never leave you. I'll be with you. I'm going to watch over you the whole time of your life from the the moment of your conception till the day you die and then I'll take you home forever. Oh, my, what a Savior. What a Redeemer is Jesus Christ our Lord. Oh, he's the one who's both, 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 divine and human. Divine and human. He's conceived by the Holy Spirit of God in the womb of a virgin. He's divine and human. And he's the fountain of holiness for his people, isn't he? Oh, my. Jesus Christ is the Holy One, the just one, who's righteous both in his person and in his office. His, his office is mediator. He alone has wrought a righteousness for his people, which is now imputed to us. And these two names, the Holy and Just One, have regard to the purity of Christ as a man <clears throat> and to the innocence of his life and then in the harmlessness in his affections. Remember, he could have he, he said to Peter, Peter chopped off that fellow's ear, and he said to Peter, put the sword down. I can call legions of angels. And when he, he said that number, that's enough to wipe the whole world out, beloved. I think it was six legions of angels. That's enough to wipe the whole world out. He must go to the cross. He must redeem his bride with the shedding of his precious, precious blood, the Holy One. The just one. And think of the opposition, the opposite of how his enemies were. They they cruelly treated him. They spit on him. They beat him. They mocked him. They denied the Holy One and the just one. And desired a murderer to be granted unto them. Man whose name was Barabbas, a robber, a murderer, who was in prison. The law had already condemned him, beloved. What's the law of God done to us before we're saved? It condemned us, hasn't it? Oh, and he redeems. He redeemed us what? Out from under the law, (laughs) being made a curse for us. Barabbas was guilty. We were guilty. Oh my. Barabbas was was let go because someone died in his place. We're set free from our sins. In the law and justice of God, because Christ died in our place. What a picture of substitution with Barabbas. Oh my. He was waiting for his day of execution and it was customary though for a prisoner to be released on the Passover day during the Passover feast which they were celebrating at that time but these self-righteous Jews they cried they cried crucified him. think of this they'd never done anything pleasing to God. You ever think of that? Before we're saved we don't do anything pleasing for God. People say, what are you talking about? No, we don't. No. Christ said we're unprofitable servants. Now, after the Lord uses us, right? But we don't even know when. <laughs> oh, my God, so good. And he, he don't want our heads to get all puffed up, does he? Because <laughs> he knows how we are. Oh, my my, oh, my. So these, these Jews, they, they, they thought they were worshiping God, and, but they'd never done anything pleasing for God. And they desired a murder to be granted to them. Luke says this, that Pilate released unto them him that for sedition and murder was cast into prison, whom they had desired, but, but he delivered Jesus to their will. They wanted Christ crucified. They hated him, beloved. They hated him. My, oh, my. Now, they denied Christ. They were very devout. They were very religious people. They thought that God was their father. They thought they had eternal life because they were Jews. But listen to what our Lord says to them in John 8, 43 to 45. He says this. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? You are the father, the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And Because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. See, he told them the truth. God's preachers, we get up, we tell the truth. We tell the truth about man's depravity. We tell the truth about Christ. That he's accomplished the work. It's finished. It's done. That, that he did it for a sinful people. And praise his name. He's risen. And because he's risen, he was raised for our justification. So now we're justified before God. And we will one day be where our head is. Because we're the body. We're going to be with him one day. And, and the Jews were just a picture of, of self-righteous religionists. That's all they were. I, I was telling Vicky as I was preparing this message, I was so convicted because this is how I used to be. I was so convicted. And I was talking to Norm this week, and Norm was telling me by a friend of his that he's a preacher that he's been talking to. And uh, he's, he's a work-based preacher, and he's been talking to him. And <clears throat> he said, man... I see myself in him. And there's a fellow across the road I talk to all the time, extremely self-righteous. You know who I see in him? My old self. I know there's hope for him. I keep putting Christ before him because the Lord saved me. He can save him if he's pleased to. Right? Oh, my. My, oh, my. So they're just a picture of of, of false, self-righteous, works-based religionists that's all they're a picture of many profess Christ in any given generation and claim that God is their father and just like those in our text they're unregenerate they're not born again and they're under the influence of the prince of the power of the air the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience and let us remember we who are born again we were there let us not look down on them because we were there Let us have compassion and mercy with them. That's what God took us out of. Ephesians 2. Dead in trespass and sins. Right? Under the power of the prince of the er, air. But it says in verse 4, but God, who's rich in mercy. That's the only difference between us and the world, but God. Right? Only one who made us to differ. My, oh, my. They've not yet been delivered from the power of Satan. And, and they hate his gospel and they hate his, his children. Remember what our Lord said to you? Remember this? And, and people say, well, how can you say that? Well, let's, let's listen to what the Lord says in John 15, 18. If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. He didn't say if the world dislike you or if the world's mean to you. He said if the world hates you. You know that it hated me before it hated you. So just remember that. Scriptures declare this. Now here's, here's the Ephesians 2 portion. This is why we are to have compassion with those around us and pray for their salvation, right? Because listen to this. This was our state before the Lord saved us. Where in times past you walked according to the course of this world. All the world, world whatever, our flesh did whatever it wanted to do. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Among whom we all had our conversations in times past. In the lusts of our flesh. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh. And of the mind. And were by nature the children of wrath. Even as others. By nature we were the children of wrath. But by God's sovereign decree. We were his sheep. And we didn't even know it. But you see. You remember in Galatians when we did that study in the the part in Galatians about the heir? You can't tell the heir apart from the servant, even though he be Lord of all. That was our state in our natural state. We could not tell, a person could not tell that we were one of God's elect. So, oh, beloved, let us have compassion on those around us. Let us pray for their salvation. Because we don't know who his people are, we have no idea. And praise God for delivering, redeeming grace through the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verses uh, 15 and 16 of Acts chapter 3 now. He tells them this, and killed the Prince of Life. That's the Giver of Life. That's another title of Christ, the Prince of Life. Whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. So, look at that. God raised him from the dead. If Christ raised, that means we're going to raise too, right? And look at verse 16. In his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So it's true that man killed the prince of life. But it's also true that no man took his life from him. People say, well, that's a contradiction. No, it's not. That's not a contradiction. They're both true. They're both true, beloved. They took him and they nailed him to that cross. The Roman soldiers nailed him to that cross, didn't they? And remember, it says that Pilate it says that Pilate delivered them, delivered Christ to them according to their will. They wanted him crucified. And then our Lord though says, "I lay down my life for the sheep." He also said no man taketh it from me speaking of his life but I lay it down on myself I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again this commandment have I received of my father see it was according to the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God that they took him by wicked hands and slayed him but it's also true that Christ willingly laid his life down for us and that no man could take his life people I'll tell you what People who do not love Christ, they jump on that. That's a contradiction. No, it's not. It just shows God's sovereign, that's all. It shows he's absolutely sovereign over everything. And that's the one we give our praise to. That's the one we worship. There's no contradictions in Scripture, none at all. The Bible's inerrant. It has no error. It's infallible. It's immutable. And it's unified. The Old Testament is unified with, with, with the New Testament. They're in absolute unity. These wicked men killed, killed Christ, the Prince of Life. Our sins nailed them there. But our Lord said that he came into this world to die. Jesus Christ is the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Again, Acts two twenty three, him being delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God ye have taken him by wicked hands of crucified and slain Now God's preachers we we might not be able to explain everything in this word and we can't we can't Anyone tells you has they're a liar if they can they're a liar. Oh, there's there, There's lots of stuff. I'm going That ink still it's dry Where'd that verse come from? You ever heard that happen? We were talking about Where'd the verse come from? Well, you hear a preacher hit, sit, preach something, and you go, Ah, oh, I never saw that, Lord. Well, it's amazing. We might not be able to explain some biblical truth to man's satisfaction, but no man or woman has the right to deny the truth of the Scriptures just because they don't understand it, because God is the divine potter, beloved. He's the divine potter. And every single individual person who comes into this world is just clay in his sovereign hands. That's all they are. They're just clay. That's all they are. Clay in the sovereign potter's hands. Clay in Christ our maker. And we dare not reply against our maker. We dare not say, why doest thou? just because we don't understand why our Sovereign Lord does things the way he does. And all of us are finite, sinful human beings, aren't we? With very limited understanding. Now, we think we're something. (laughs) But when God starts to reveal himself to us, I learned long ago I don't know much. But the little I know I'm going to tell you about and as God reveals more to me in the scripture through the blessed Holy Spirit of God I'm going to tell you about it it's wonderful oh think of this too I want us to rejoice about this any understanding we have whether it be things that are not spiritual or things that are spiritual all all this Brother Brian, you can fix stuff like crazy. That all comes from God. That knowledge all comes from God for you to be able to do that. And then all the spiritual knowledge you know, it all comes from God too as well. It's amazing. Everything we know, whether it be physical or things in this world or spiritual, it all comes from God, beloved. Isn't that amazing? We can't claim nothing. Say, well, I learned all that. Only because God gave you understanding. That's all. <laughs> give him the glory. Sing praises to him for what he's done. Oh my, my, oh my, Sister Kathy, you're an R N, right? You know more about the human body and stuff, the things that are going on, than I'll ever know. In, in, in. But see, God's give you all that learning for your for where you work. It's amazing, isn't it? Incredible. Think of that, and give him the glory. Give him the honor. Give him the praise. For what he's done for you. My, oh my. Look at what the Lord's been pleased to do. He, he's been pleased. He's been pleased to reveal himself to us in and through Christ. He's been pleased, pleased to save our souls. It pleased God to save us. My. And in our text, we read where Peter told these unbelieving Jews. again, they're just, a, they're just a picture of unbelievers. That's all they are. Even though they had killed the Prince of Life, that him and John were eyewitnesses of his resurrection. They said, well, you, you, put, him, you put him to death. But we saw him. He's risen. He's not still in that grave. He's risen. We saw him with our own eyes. We saw him. Oh, he's risen. My, oh, my. And after his resurrection, our Lord, do you know he only came to his saints? He didn't appear to those who weren't his saints. He only appeared to his saints. He only appeared to his people. And he showed them, I've risen. I've risen. My, oh, my. And he only, again, he only revealed himself to, to, to those who were Born again by the Holy Spirit of God. And he didn't appear to any that were still in spiritual darkness. And the same truth applies now. The same truth applies now. Those who see him, we see him through the eye of faith, God given faith. We're going to see that faith is a fruit of the Spirit. It's not something we can muster up. In Sunday school, when we hit faith, it's a fruit of the Spirit. Isn't that amazing? But by God-given faith, we look to Christ, don't we? We see him through the eye of faith. And, and as God commands his people who are still in darkness, as he commands them to come out of that, right by his almighty power as they're born again, he gives them spiritual sight too, doesn't he? Isn't that amazing? And he reveals himself to, to us. How? Right here, through this word. I get awful weary when people say, well, God told me, well, like they're talking to him on a telephone. You ever hear that? You ever hear people say that? God told me. Well, God guides us and leads us, absolutely. But I've never heard an audible voice, have you? It's a still, small voice, isn't it? It's a still, small voice, and God leads us and directs us. He leads his dear sheep along, doesn't he? he leads us along, right? Oh, my and I'll tell you where we're going to hear his voice, in heaven. We're going to see him face to face. And what a glorious, glorious day that'll be, eh? So rejoice, beloved. Rejoice, as God has given all power in heaven and earth to his dear son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. In whom he saves, he keeps. In whom he keeps, he glorifies. And isn't it going to be Wonderful one day we're going to be gathered with all the saints of god in heaven and there's only going to be one object of our worship oh my his name is the lord jesus christ praise his mighty mighty name he's so wonderful